Welcome to MTSU On The Record. I'm Jenna Logue, and we're coming to you from the campus of Middle Tennessee State University in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. In 2016, military veteran Stephanie Marvin Miller was sexually assaulted by a fellow member of the military with whom she served in Operation Enduring Freedom. The man received an honorable discharge and never faced prosecution. She was betrayed by individuals and the system at several points in the process. Now, with her four-footed friend Leland the Wonder Dog by her side, Marvin Miller is speaking out about her experience and pursuing a psychology degree at MTSU. We'll talk with this exceptional student after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. Some budding athletic trainers have earned their way into the finals of a national tournament to show how much they know about their major. MTSU's team won the Southeast Athletic Training Association's Quiz Bowl in early February at the organization's 35th annual student symposium held in Atlanta. The group defeated 17 other teams from Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Louisiana, Kentucky, and Mississippi. This is the first victory in the nine years MTSU has competed in the regional quiz bowl, and it's the first ever victory by a Tennessee team. The MTSU students will advance to the National Athletic Training Association's annual competition in Atlanta in June to face the rest of the country's brightest athletic training majors in a test of their knowledge. And MTSU and first-year Rockvale High School signed a partnership agreement March 5th that will encourage the university and Rockvale to create additional dual enrollment opportunities for high school students. MTSU President Sidney McPhee and Rockvale Principal Steve Luker, an MTSU alum, signed the agreement. The dual enrollment partnership allows Rockvale students to enroll in MTSU courses taught on-site at their school or on the MTSU campus while they're still enrolled in their secondary school and earn credit from both institutions. Dual enrollment falls under the MTSU University College. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Stephanie, welcome. You're a media veteran by now, having been interviewed by several different reporters. So I guess this will be a piece of cake for you. Thank you. Um, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> what exactly happened in the incident? Can you recall it without reinvesting yourself in the trauma or is it too difficult? Um, actually, by now, after doing all this advocacy work, talking about it, is part of the advocacy work itself. Uh -huh. So stepping out in front of the story. Uh -huh. So I've gotten very comfortable in sort of going through it again and using it as a tool mm -hmm. to help others. Uh, in January of 2016, I was the victim of a violent sexual assault by another service member. Mm -hmm. And what came after that was the reporting process, um, which was in itself its own hurdle to overcome mm -hmm. completely. So after the assault happened, I went through a couple months where I was actually shutting down and I was actually not even speaking about it to anyone. <laughs> I was actually, I had to be convinced to report it by my then boyfriend, now husband, Joshua. <laughs> uh, after reporting it, I was full of trepidation and anxiety just even saying it out loud that it happened. Um, the reporting process is a lengthy one and it is a very difficult journey to be on. <laughs> Um, 
and please forgive me if I'm pausing too much. Uh, it's still, even to this day, difficult to speak about, um, but it's something that I don't mind doing nonetheless. Um, being in the reporting process, having to say it over and over again to rooms full of strangers, to people I have to work with in a professional capacity was almost re-traumatizing myself every time I did it. Um, you know, emails were leaked denouncing the sexual assault to a consensual encounter. Um, people were removed from their job postings. It was an entire debacle. It really was. Why did the person appointed to be your advocate in the case break your confidence? I'm not sure, and I'm not even sure if I was supposed to be sent that email. Uh, I really don't know why. Did, did, tell us about what the email said. The label for what happened was military sexual assault. That is what happened, and that's what it should be referred to. Uh, but in the email, it was stated that instead of labeling what happened as a sexual assault, it was labeled as a consensual encounter. And that is a huge, huge mistake that should not have ever happened. Um, it broke my trust in my advocate. It really just denounced the whole thing. Is there any way in the world that what happened to you could be described logically as a consensual encounter? No. Um, even, even after it happened, it was still, there was no part of me that ever welcomed it or even agreed to it. Why did your own lawyer not believe you? I'm not sure why he didn't. I'm not sure if it was the situation itself or if it was the culture of the military. Um, but it was not it was not taken seriously at all when it should have. So human beings failed you. After having gone through the process, do you think that the way the military handles these types of situations as a process could use some revision. I think it could. I do think that the military is doing what it can to fight this unseen enemy, but it's a problem that is not spoken about. It's not really given a voice. So it's like, how do you fight against an enemy that you can't see? You can't. Um, and I think they're doing what they can with what they have. While there are a few bad apples, I did meet a few exceptional people that helped me. Have you spoken to any other female veterans who have experienced similar traumas? After having a few public speeches, um, female veterans would actually come up to me afterwards and you know thank me for doing my speech, but also share with me their stories. You know, they felt like they couldn't be heard. And me giving it that voice was something they were very happy to see. Time for a break here. We'll be back in just a moment. This is MTSU on the record. The MTSU Department of Art has the newest facility for visual arts in the state with approximately 50,000 square feet of space, including high-tech computers and computer-driven equipment for multimedia, graphic design, printmaking, sculpture, painting, and ceramics. We feature a visiting artist lecture program and an exhibition program that exposes students to work by national and international artists. To find out more, visit mtsunews.com. Tennessee's farm families contribute to our state's economy, nutrition, and culture. The Tennessee Century Farms Program at MTSU's Center for Historic Preservation 
acknowledges farms that have been in the same family at least 100 years. To date, the program has certified more than 1,500 farms. There is no cost to nominate a farm or be part of the program. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Our guest is Stephanie Marvin Miller. She is a psychology major here at MTSU, and she has become an advocate for sexual assault survivors. Being one herself, uh, her uh, the incident that traumatized her occurred when she was in the military in 2016. How did Leland come into your life? Leland um, is from Southeastern Guide Dogs in Florida where they provide seeing-eye dogs for the blind and service dogs for veterans. Um, I'd actually been rejected from 11 different programs, uh, service dog programs across the country because my PTSD was from sexual assault and not from combat. Um, and after finding Leland in this program, um, it took 98 days for us to be matched together for me to actually physically get him, which is unheard of in the service dog community. It's usually about two years wait time. So it was more than obvious to this organization that Leland could be of some help to you. Yes, it's like a dating service. They match the person to the dog. And for us, it was an instant connection. It was beautiful. What is, if I could back up just a second, your actual diagnosis? You said PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, what other types of after effects have you, have you suffered? So with um, my specific post-traumatic stress disorder, which stems from military sexual assault, um, I'll experience intense flashbacks where I'm no longer in the present. Um, after having a traumatic brain injury from the sexual assaults, my balance is off. I have very poor coordination. Um, and I also get very anxious in crowded rooms or you know, even somewhere by myself. It's really debilitating. And when you say your coordination is off, uh, do, do you get dizzy? Do you lose your equilibrium, feel like you're going to fall? Is that what you mean? Yes. You know, reaching down. If I drop something, I have a really hard time picking it back up if I'm walking. I'm not walking in a straight line. If you can see me somewhere around mm -hmm. campus, you'll notice that I'm, I'll am i veer off to the left and then sort of veer off to the right. Somebody ever mistaken you for drunk? <laughs> no, not yet. Hopefully that'll never happen. What does Leland do for you? How does he help you specifically? So he will pick things up off the floor that I drop. He will act as a brace um, to help me get up off the floor should I need it. He will check closed doors or behind closed doors for me to make sure nobody's hiding behind them. Um, and he will create space around me so that somebody can't get too close or invade my personal space. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if you can see right now, but my leg is slightly shaking. Uh -huh. So I am a little anxious. Mm -hmm. um, but Leland has actually got one paw on my foot. And that's his way of reminding me that we're okay. Good doggy. <laughs> how long have Josh and you been married? I think it's been about three years. Have you? How long have you been together as a couple, all told? Since the assault happened. We were first dating at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so we were very new. And I actually didn't even tell him when it happened. Was he also in the military? No. He's he was a civilian. A civilian. Mm -hmm. You know, when something like this happens to a woman, the boyfriend or husband in her life cuts and runs, but Josh stuck with you. 
How much has his support meant to you? He has been the best support I could have ever asked for. He goes above and beyond what any human being deserves, and I have I value that so much. So what was his reaction when you told him what had happened to you? He was very clear. I, re- I remember that moment very clearly. He said, Stephanie, you were raped. That was rape. And then he asked, you know, how could I report this? What were my options? And went through them with me one by one because I knew deep down I knew that I had been raped. That's what it was. That's what happened. Um, And I knew from the back of my mind my reporting options from all the classes that the Army had me take on sexual assault. Um, But I didn't put those together until he actually said those words out loud for the first time. Do you think your chances would have been better had this happened in a civilian context instead of a military context? In other words, if you had been a civilian and you took this through the civilian court system. So I actually chose the reporting option that took it to the civilian law enforcement. Uh, I see. And the military law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And it was closed by both courts um, for their words, lack of evidence. Um, But I did have photographic evidence, physical evidence. Um, It was very clear what had happened. So when you speak to groups, what do you tell people about how to maneuver through the system that dismissed you so badly? I tell them to hold on, to keep fighting, keep saying it out loud to not hide it, to give it a voice, um, and to find their voice. And to really just, I can't tell them anything other than to keep going, because that's really the only thing you can do, is to keep on walking. We'll take another break here. We'll return in just a moment. This is MTSU on the Record. The mission of the June Anderson Center for Women and Non-Traditional Students is to provide education, advocacy, direct services, outreach, and programming for the MTSU campus and surrounding community on gender-related issues. The center also assists older students who are trying to balance work, college, and family. It also sponsors a monthly legal clinic, career brown bag series, book club, and a newsletter twice a year. For all of the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Specialized training in forensic science prepares tomorrow's professionals through the Forensic Institute for Research and Education, or FIRE. The Forensic Anthropology Search and Recovery Team assists law enforcement with skeletal remains at crime scenes. Legendary forensic scientists provide lectures free to the public, and high school students work realistic crime scenes each summer at our CSI MTSU camp. I'm Dr. Hugh Berryman, Director of FIRE. For more details, visit mtsunews.com. Psychology major Stephanie Marvin Miller is our guest uh, with Leland, the Wonder Dog, by her side. Uh, He hasn't said anything because he's a well-trained service dog who helps Stephanie deal with her post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh, she uh, was assaulted, sexually assaulted. When she was in the military in 2016, now she is speaking out about it and trying to help other people. How do you find time for your advocacy work and your studies at the same time? 
It's a very fine balance. Um, studies come first, obviously, trying to make those um, high grades, um, usually on the weekends or after class. And how do you uh, speak to people? How do you get booked by organizations? Do you reach out to them? Do they reach out to you? How does the, that whole process work? So I'm very open to speaking in multiple settings. Um, should somebody request me, they might get my number from someone else. They might get my email address or even find Leland's Instagram page or website. Um, and I'm very happy to really volunteer my time to do that. I don't get paid um, and I don't intend to get paid. Um, but really, anyone who would like to request me, I'm very happy to do that. Large groups, small groups? Anything. Anything really. whatsoever, even if it's just uh, group therapy in a psychiatrist's office. Even if it was two people, I'm still getting the message out regardless of where I'm speaking or who I'm speaking to. What do you want to do with your psychology degree? So my job in the military was as a human resource specialist. Um, How I, ironic. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Um, but I intend to continue in the human resource field um, and continue my advocacy work outside of that. Uh, would you want to go for your master's? One day, um, I actually left college to join the military. And this is my first semester back since getting out of the military. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm just finding out how to be a student again. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I have not even thought of a master's degree. <laughs> is the GI Bill helping pay for your education? Because I got out, um, there is a clause where you can end your contract early and almost get not I wouldn't say pushed out, um, but you have the option to end your contract early if you are sexually assaulted. And because I was diagnosed with PTSD, mm -hmm. um, I was no longer fit for duty. So I gave up my GI Bill to for that. That was part of the deal. It was. And there was no way after all that you had been through that you could continue military service. No, it was, I was deemed unfit for duty. Was that part of it, uh, the fact that you couldn't continue in the military, disappointing to you? How much did just being in the military, exclusive of all this other, mean to you? It was my identity. That's who I was. I was a good soldier, and I was committed to being a good soldier. But when it happened, I was almost catapulted into this downward spiral, and I lost myself. I lost my identity. I completely lost it. What was your rank? I was a E3 or a private first class. And what were your specific job duties? What did you do? So I handled a lot of paperwork. That's all that the military is, is paperwork. Um, and it ran across my desk. Um, you really, anybody who needed anything, whether they needed questions answered about their benefits, they got married, they had a baby. It was all in my wheelhouse to handle. And you were in Operation Enduring Freedom. Where did you serve? I was actually in the Army National Guard, so I was in Smyrna mm -hmm. at the uh, Air Force Base. Okay, so the sexual assault occurred in Tennessee? It did. 
Now that you and Josh and Leland are a family, do you want to add to it? I actually do. Um, Before I got help and I started, um, before I actually got my diagnosis and I was struggling with these feelings, I thought, how could I be a mother one day and still be in this dark place? Mm -hmm. And now that I've got Leland, I'm no longer Mm -hmm. in that dark place. And I'm actually realizing that I can have the loud house and the screaming kids and the minivan. It's all mine and I can have it. And you're not in such a dark place that you would be unable to impart positive values to your child. Right. It's it's all possible now. If this is too personal a question, tell me to shut up and I will. But did what happened to you have any sort of adverse effect on your relationship with Josh, your intimate relationship? It did. Um, it really did. There would be, there'd have to be a light on constantly in the house. Um, The dark scares me. Um, You know, doing simple things like going to a grocery store or being together, going on a date wasn't Mm -hmm. possible. It wasn't going to happen at all. It was devastating to our relationship. I'm so thankful that we got through it and we came out the other side stronger. And there's nothing about having a romance with your husband that frightens you or turns you off or anything as a result of the trauma that you endured? There are moments. There are some pretty intense moments that might send me into an episode or a flashback, if you will. Um, And when that happens, Leland comes into the picture and he does his job and he takes over. And I just go from there and try to recover. Talk a little bit more about how what your education, your psychology classes at MTSU, about how that informs you as a sexual assault survivor. My psychology classes here at MTSU have been amazing. Um, They actually helped me better understand my traumatic brain injury that I sustained from the attack. Mm -hmm. Um, They helped me understand a lot about my sleeping rhythms, how they do get interrupted by night terrors and, you know, how Leland helps me with like my sympathetic nervous system and that fight or flight response, how he calms that down immediately. And um, it's been an eye opener. And it helps you understand that you're not crazy. You're acting in a way that's appropriate to your experience, and there are logical reasons for why things are happening the way they're happening. It really does. Um, It really helps me put it into perspective that, you know, one, I'm not the only one going through this. Um, And two, that it's something that can be mitigated. It can be controlled almost (laughs) once I get to that point. Now. I suppose even service dogs have to take a break now and then, although he's working 24-7. But does Leland ever get to take off the service dog label when he's at home with Josh and you and just be a great big old puppy, just your common garden variety doggy pit? He does. As soon as we get home at 4.30 every day, the vest comes off and he turns into the biggest puppy you will ever meet. (laughs) He does his dance for when it's time to get food. He does his dance when it's time to go for a walk. He loves to cuddle on the couch. 
He's got his favorite toy. He is just the biggest puppy you will ever meet. Does he know the difference between, because of his training, time to be a puppy and be free and time to focus on you and what he needs to do for you? He does. Um, The vest, his service dog vest, it's bright blue if you ever see us on campus. Um, But once that is clipped on, he is in work mode. He knows to kind of hold it together, be professional. Mm-hmm. Once that vest is unclipped and taken off over his head, he starts his dance of excitement and he turns into a puppy. He's white. What breed is he? He's a yellow Labrador. He's a yellow Labrador, but he looks white. I got the special one. Uh-huh. I got the, he was actually bigger than what they breed at the Southeastern Guide Dog Campus. He is a pretty big dog. Yeah, I got the big goofball that just turned out to be very light in color. And he's my big goofball. And he wags his tail all the time, even when he's on duty. Yes, he does. He is a very happy-go-lucky puppy who thoroughly enjoys doing his job. If people want you to speak to their organization or to them as individuals, or uh, in any way be of assistance, how do they get in touch with you? So um, I'm very easy to get a hold of. I'm very quick to respond. Leland has a website called LelandTheSuperdog.com. He has an Instagram page, LelandTheSuperdog. We have to keep up on social media, of course. Um, And I also have an email address, um, would you like me to go ahead and list uh, that? Any, any information you feel comfortable releasing, go ahead. Okay. So my email address is my first name, S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E dot A dot Marvin, M-A-R-V-I-N at gmail.com. Okay. But obviously, that email was address was put together before you got married to Josh. Yes, it was. <laughs> and I've kept it. Stephanie, S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E, Marvin hyphen Miller, no relation to the baseball negotiator. And Leland the Wonder Dog, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you. We'll be right back. The Intercultural and Diversity Affairs Center helps to promote awareness and understanding of the wide variety of cultures represented at MTSU. The center provides information, referrals, and resources. Additionally, IDAC tries to make students from different cultures feel welcome and comfortable on campus so they can have every opportunity to fulfill their academic, social, and personal potential. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Middle Tennessee Writing Project is a program that fosters the effective teaching of writing to students in kindergarten through high school. The project hosts annual summer institutes where teacher participants teach and learn from each other effective techniques of teaching writing. In addition, the project sponsors summer writers camps for youngsters. MTSU is one of 185 sites of the National Writing Project and one of only two in Tennessee. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Jimmy Hart has the middle moment. Political strategist and commentator Angela Rye gave impassioned remarks about student activism during her recent keynote address for Black History Month at MTSU. Before speaking to hundreds of students inside the James Union building, the CNN contributor gave a preview of her remarks. 
I think that we are, of course, in the middle of a very busy um, election season, um, going closer to the presidential 2020 election. Um, and as we know, of course, South Carolina's primary is coming up this weekend. There have been three contests in Iowa and New Hampshire and Nevada. And what I think is important is not um, so much who you're vo voting for, but why you're voting. Um, and knowing the importance of your power in your vote, but knowing that that vote is just the first step into your overall political engagement. That's MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU on the Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.